Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burrigan campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. And uh, thank you for being with us today as we uh, continue our um, now online series on being like Jesus. And uh, today with our particular focus on this idea of being mindful and uh, I'm going to read to you from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, and through till uh, chapter 11, verse 1. This is from the New International Version, where Paul writes this. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of, other, good of others. Eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions of conscience, for the earth is the Lord's, everything in it. And if an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat whatever is put before you without raising questions of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it, both for the sake of the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. I'm referring to the other person's conscience, not yours. For why is my freedom being judged by another's conscience? If I take part in the meal with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of something I thank God for? So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the Church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way. For I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That's well, a wonderful passage. Well, if you've ever visited a, a city in a developing nation like Phnom Penh or Jakarta, maybe uh, Mumbai in India, you very quickly discover uh, a different understanding of road rules. So rules that we would consider quite important, like uh, keep left or give way to the right or stop at a red light, uh, in these other cities, these rules exist, but um, seemingly, really, they're more like just suggestions. And so, yes, stay on your side of the road, ideally, but uh, if you think there might be a better option, go for it. Seems like that's uh, quite a reasonable thing. So the result is a level of chaos that's quite difficult, actually, for, um, for Western drivers to deal with. Uh, some years ago, our um, Transform Cambodia centre manager visited Perth and uh, it was the first time he'd ever left Cambodia, first time he'd ever been on a plane, uh, lots of firsts, so uh, really just an amazing experience for this guy. And uh, I remember I asked him during his visit, what was the, the thing that made the biggest impact when he arrived in Perth, kind of you know, first impressions? And uh, without hesitation, he said, Everyone follows the rules of the road. Uh, so he just, he just couldn't believe it. See, um, for the most part, we like rules, actually, because rules set clear boundaries for us so that we know exactly where we stand on certain issues of life in society. We know the rules, we know the boundaries, we live within them, and so we feel safe and secure and we feel self-righteously outraged when we see others breaking the rules that we are following. There's a certain hypocrisy in that. 
So today, if you see a bloke talking on the phone while driving, you're outraged. I know I am. I think, what an idiot. You're an idiot, mate. What are you doing? I hope he gets caught. I hope that guy gets caught. I've often said that to Margie as we're driving along. Or there's a woman smoking in a cafe. Uh, again, outrage. How rude and selfish is she? That's just disgusting. Well, uh, it's interesting, isn't it, that not too many years ago, there were no such rules in place about these things. And so, actually, they were considered quite acceptable at another time. Well, Jesus was born and raised in a, uh, a religious culture that was immersed in all sorts of rules and regulations about everyday life. So there were rules about what you could eat and drink. There were rules about uh, things like hand washing, ritual cleansing. There were certain things that, um, that made a person ritually unclean. There were rules about what you could or couldn't do on certain days of the week. Uh, rules about everything. And these rules were considered at the time to be vitally important because the religious understanding was that, in fact, your eternal salvation was dependent upon you obeying the rules. Follow the rules. Colour inside the line. Stay on the straight and narrow path and you'll be saved. You'll be acceptable to God. But break the rules. Step off the path and you'll be actually unacceptable to God eternally. Well, then, of course, with the coming of Jesus and the, uh, the birth of the church came an entirely new message, the gospel message, which we love, that said that our salvation comes by grace through faith, not by works, not by following a set of rules. Salvation, we came to understand, is this precious gift from God, just a beautiful thing, an extraordinary thing, a miracle. A gift from God, not something that can be earned by good behavior. And so there was this introduction of this whole new way of thinking that the kingdom of God, it's actually not about following rules and regulations. It's not about eating and drinking or ritual cleansing, but rather about righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This was the message of Jesus. We read that verse in uh, Romans 15. So for people who had for generations been bogged down and weighed down by endless rules that set this unattainably high bar. The message of the gospel was good news and it was wonderfully freeing for them, as it is or as it certainly should be for us. As the people of God, we are free. We're truly free. We are free indeed. Hallelujah. What a wonderful thing to be free. Free from the bondage of all those petty rules and pharisaical uh, regulations. Free from the burden of carrying burdens that are too heavy for us. Through the cross, Jesus has lifted that weight off our shoulders and set us free. Hallelujah. What a wonderful truth. And so this catchphrase, if you like, of Christian freedom began to echo through the early church a phrase which Paul quotes here and also he quoted in chapter 6, which Dan looked at a couple of weeks ago. And the quote is, I have the right to do anything. It's this cry of freedom. I'm free. I'm free in Christ. I'm no longer bound by a million rules and regulations. I'm free and therefore I have the right to do anything. This was kind of a cry of the Christian church in the early days. And so, interestingly, to that potentially dangerous, uh, out-of-control uh, if you like, juggernaut statement, uh, 
uh, we see that Paul immediately applies some breaks of caution. Whoa, whoa, hang on, hang on just a second. Yes, I am free. Yes, I am free indeed. But in the exercise of my freedom, says Paul, I will determine to show some wisdom, to have some grace and to be mindful, be mindful of certain things. Three things actually he lists in this verse and in the verse in chapter 6. And so the first one I'll bring to you is, uh, number one, I will be mindful of addiction. In my freedom, I will not be mastered by anything. 1 Corinthians 6.12 I will not be mastered by anything. And so our society is uh, full of things that are uh, not necessarily wrong in themselves, but which have the potential to have mastery over us, to consume our appetite for more, to monopolize, monopolize our time, our money, our attention, to our own detriment and often to the detriment of the relationships, the important relationships around us. Now, the solution to that for some churches, uh, for some Christians, is to create a whole new set of rules and regulations. It's not the right answer, but this has been the solution for many. Ah, now that you're a Christian, well, now, don't drink, don't smoke, don't dance, don't gamble, don't watch anything with an MA rating. And in fact, you know what? Be suspicious of anything that seems fun. It's probably not right. Uh, rules, lots of rules that the church over the years has introduced. But the kingdom of God revealed in Christ represents a shift. This is very important. A shift from following rules to following a person, the person of Jesus. And so the Christian faith must never be reduced to a set of rules. And uh, we all know the church has uh, veered off course in that direction time and time again over the centuries. Well, Paul's advice is this. I won't be mastered by anything. Yes, you're free to enjoy a nice glass of wine, but understand clearly that alcohol can easily master you if you're not careful, if you're not wise. Don't allow that to happen. And I suspect if Paul were writing this today, he would have things like social media and, uh, dare I say it, screen devices in general on his mind when he wrote this line, I will not be mastered by anything. Here's a challenge for you. If you can't turn off your mobile phone and put it in a drawer for one whole day, let me suggest to you that you're in danger of being mastered by your device. If you simply can't fight the urge for a drink, you can't fight the urge for a smoke, you can't fight the urge for a particular web search or a visit to the casino, then you're not living in the freedom that Jesus died to bring you. Yes, I am free. Yes, I can do anything. But, says Paul, I won't be mastered by anything. Be mindful of that. Number two, be mindful of unhelpful behavior. So, yes, I'm free, but I understand that as I express my freedom... Not everything will be helpful or beneficial. So before I open my mouth, ideally, before I embark on a certain course of behavior, before I express an opinion on social media, I'm wise to ask the question, is this going to be helpful 
Is this going to be beneficial to others? Yes, I might have the right to express my opinion. I've got that right, of course. Maybe I'm, I feel like I have the right to get something off my chest and say something that needs to be said. I'm free. But will my comments be harmful to others? Paul says, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. It's great advice. It's Christ-like advice. And I know that for me, uh, humour is um, an interesting part of my world. I think I've got a pretty good sense of humour. You might completely disagree. Uh, you probably don't have a sense of humour. I think I've got a good sense of humour. I think I've got a reasonable handle on uh, what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. But, uh, you know, sometimes there's a fine line. And I'm well aware that uh, there are times when I cross that line and I uh, can all too easily come out with a quick comment that uh, will make people laugh. But at times the laugh can be at the expense of someone who has been quietly wounded by my thoughtless comment to get a quick laugh. Is it helpful? We need to be mindful, mindful of such things. Be mindful of unhelpful behaviour, unhelpful comments. If you've ever begun a sentence with, I probably shouldn't say this, but, in truth, you probably shouldn't say it. And immediately there'll be people around you who will say, no, 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 say it, say it, what you were going to say. Exercise some restraint. I probably shouldn't say this, but maybe I won't say it after all. There's wisdom in that. And number three, be mindful of destructive tendencies. Yes, I'm free, but not everything is constructive. And uh, that Greek word for constructive is uh, the word that's used for the construction of a house. And uh, where we live in Riverton, there's a, a block next door to us on that block. There are two houses under construction. They've been under construction for over a year now. It's been a very long process. Still a long way to go, as uh, is true for many who are building houses at the moment. But it occurs to me that, you know, the, the construction process is a long and careful one. There are lots of steps and they need to be happening in the right order. They need to be executed by someone with the right skill set. Um, it's, it's quite a process. It's quite an investment of, of time, of skill, of finance. And, uh, and yet, by contrast, the demolition process often happens in a single day. A great big machine turns up and reduces someone's home to a pile of rubble. And then by the next day, you've got a vacant lot like this one. And, uh, you know, I'm sure last time I walked down this street, just near our place, there was a house there with someone living in it. Well, now it's gone, destroyed in a flash, in the blink of an eye. Well, I'd suggest the same is true of our relationships with love and care. We build one another up, we encourage, we teach, we nurture, we express our appreciation, we value people and their contribution. You know, these things are so important in the development, the construction process of our relationships. And so over a long period of time, relationships of trust are developed, bonds of love are formed, uh, and it's like the construction of a beautiful house, the body of Christ. In fact, Paul compares the body of Christ to the building of a house. But we all know too that a, a harsh word of criticism, a thoughtless act of betrayal, 
an unkind comment, one unkind comment, cruel gossip, these things can sweep through a place like a wrecking ball of destruction and can destroy something that has taken years of careful building. Yes, I'm free. I'm free to have my say. I'm free to say what I think. I'm free to put my two cents worth in. But is it constructive? What an important question. Will it build others up or will it tear them down? What is my intent with the comment that I'm about to make? Am I being a building block or am I potentially being a stumbling block or a wrecking ball of destruction? Yes, I'm free. But not everything is destructive, is constructive. Yes, I'm free, but not everything is helpful. Yes, I'm free, but I will not allow myself to be mastered by anything. Well, then to end the passage, Paul very courageously says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. A bold and courageous statement. Paul doesn't follow a set of rules. He follows a person, the person of Jesus. And so do we. And like Paul, we have the mind of Christ. We have the very presence of the living God dwelling within us, guiding our every step, always leading us to live in the freedom that he died to bring us. We encourage you to be mindful of these things as you seek to be more like Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.